Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm your host, Eric Fisher, and this is the show where I talk to the people behind the productivity. This week, I'm excited to share with you a conversation I had with Katie Kremitzos. She's the creator of the Women's Meditation Network. She's a podcaster. She's a mother, a wife, and again, a podcaster, and she creates tons of content. But more importantly, we're going to talk in this conversation about all those different hats, all those different roles. We're going to come at productivity through her experience as a working Mom. We're going to come at it from a macro level in terms of planning and thought and approach, but then a micro level in terms of practicality and how to make it work and even how to let go and let it not work sometimes, which is really healthy to have that perspective. And then we'll get into a little bit of all the content she's creating in terms of meditation and how that then feeds back into her perspective, her planning for all those different hats that she's wearing. So even if you're not a mother or a working mother, You're going to enjoy this conversation because it really helps to enlighten the comprehensive whole being of a person and approaching productivity from that angle. I think you're going to love it. So I'll just get out of the way and say, enjoy this conversation with Katie Kremitzos. Well, this week, it is my privilege to welcome to the show Katie Kremitzos. Katie, welcome to the show. Eric, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. You're welcome. So this was, uh, honestly, this was a long time coming because honestly, before I ever talked to your husband about this, I had the idea that it would make sense to at some point have you on. And then he and I were talking and it just kind of sideways came up out of nowhere. <laughs> and it wasn't by him, but it was by me. And and so I, I didn't want to make it sound like he was like, though that would have been a good husband to do that, to advocate. But <laughs> You know, he he wasn't doing the podcaster pitch email in, you know, phone call form. Uh, I love it. I just want to cover that base and make sure that this is all on the up and up. And it is. I really <laughs> did want you to come on. So, Well, I'm grateful. But yes, it's been I feel like it's it's uh, it's meant to be. And it's also been a long time coming. Yes. So I would love to start off. Let's just give a little bit of context here. So first and foremost, you have had and still have a podcast. Would you mind maybe sharing a little bit about what that is? Yeah. So I believe when you and I met, oh my gosh, many, many years ago, I had a relatively small podcast called Biz Women Rock. I had that since 2014. It was a obviously a business interview show. But three and a half years ago, I started an entirely new podcast called Meditation for Women and completely let go of the former podcast. And that original meditation podcast was really part of a larger concept that I had for a network, which is called the Women's Meditation Network. So 
that happened three and a half years ago because I got pregnant with my second daughter and it just completely jostled everything in my life. And uh, I all of a sudden realized I didn't want to do the former and wanted to do something that was more conducive to having a, a toddler and an infant and something that could give me more time freedom. And so I very intentionally kind of came up with this idea of a meditation podcast. It was in line with what I kind of really wanted to do in the world. And three and a half years later, I now have four podcasts under that network and it's uh, continuing to grow and grow. Perfect. Well, you're going to make sure to link up to all of that in the show notes and we will talk about meditation later. Yeah. <laughs> later. <laughs> we will talk about it later. But I want to come at this from the perspective of people listen to this show. I, I would hope people listen to this show for practical Takeaways. I know we definitely talk theoretical often. And for me, talking about the thea, the, the, I almost said theatrical, talking about the <laughs> theoretical, it can be theatrical. It can be <laughs> talking about the theoretical often for me, the way my brain works is I then get practical stuff out of it, but that may not right. be what's true for everyone. So I wanted to talk to somebody who had experience in the day in, day out stuff of life. And lo and behold, you email back and say, well, actually, I'm most interested in talking about productivity through your experience as a working mom. And I said, oh, yes, we, we have not done that <laughs> anytime recently and definitely not enough. And so I want to start by saying, let's round this out. Let's give a little bit more context then. So yeah. obviously, you, your husband and I know each other and, and you know him as well, duh. But <laughs> that's one member of your family. How many other members of your family are there? So it's my husband and I, and we have two little girls. Um, our oldest is six years old and our youngest just turned three. So you've got the the real youngins. I mean, not like yeah. baby babies, but like you've just We're like in the thick of it. <laughs> you're in the thick of like you're transitioning out of some of the hardest stuff and oh. into other hard stuff, too. But right. Right. Yeah. So that so I want to paint that picture there. And then again, you're a working mom. So you're interested in productivity from a working mom standpoint. And I would love to get maybe like, for example, in terms of prioritizing, there's definitely the necessity to be flexible and even quickly reprioritizing. You almost have to triage right. things on an, an hour by hour basis, probably. Just right? about right. Yeah, exactly. So what does that look like for you? Like what's a what's a an average? I almost don't want to ask this, but what's like an average <laughs> day look like for you? So I won't say an average day, actually. I sort of think of my life in, in week long chunks. Perfect. Because that gives me a lot of flexibility for things to move around, to shift, to change, which always happens every single day, every single week. So this particular moment in life, both of my kids go to their respective schools from about, you know, nine to three, little plus or minus, depending on which kid, which day. So, you know, it is very much the mornings are getting up. I, I don't even though I, I want to sometimes I don't get up to like hustle in the morning. That's not that doesn't work for me. So I get up, I'm making lunches, I'm getting the kids ready for school and then getting them out the door. I'm driving, I'm doing the drive, the drop offs, the walking to schools, all of that sort of stuff, which takes a, a fair chunk of time. And so I'm not getting into like a place to open up my computer and sit down to do work until about 930 in the morning. And so the way that my brain works is, you know, on a typical day. I have from 9.30 a.m. until about 2.30 p.m., which is when I really need to kind of like shift and rally and, and go get ready to pick up the kids. So 
that's a typical day. I have deliberately built a business and intentionally built a business that I don't have a lot of meetings. I don't have a lot of, you know, conversations or scheduled things happening throughout the day. So if I do have one of those, I try to be very thoughtful about where I'm putting that in my day because I know it'll break up energy for the kind of work that I need to do. So, you know, how I structure that 9.30 to 2.30 is really by priority basis. Obviously, one of the practical things that I do is on any given Sunday or Monday, I'm writing down sort of the priorities of the week. And then, you know, I'll write down like, okay, what do I know that I need to do, you know, on Monday or Tuesday? But I don't really, you know, plan it out the whole week in advance. And then I just kind of get going to work on those things. The way that my business runs now, I am writing and creating Therefore, like writing and recording anywhere between 40 and 50 meditations every single month. So I definitely work in batches. And so like on any given week, I might be in like writing mode and recording mode. And on the next week, I might be in more like marketing and strategy mode. And the next week, I might be in more like, you know, what new thing am I doing? And, you know, what new thing am I launching and kind of moving the agenda forward, managing the team. So each week really relies on whatever those particular priorities and sort of the flow of work and the flow of growth really go. And then, you know, the very important thing for me to note is that basically once I pick up my kids, I'm mom again until they go to bed, which is, you know, about 8, 830. And then 50% of the time, I'll go back to work for a little bit, maybe an hour or two. Uh, But the other 50%, it's no, it's time for me and my husband or I crash because I'm fried. (laughs) (laughs) So that's kind of a typical day. That's awesome. That, th- thank you for that little, it's almost like a macro snapshot in a, in a sense, yeah. you know, and that's like a typical week, typical day. I'm glad to hear it comes through when you're talking about this, that you've already pre-thought or done some self-awareness, done some deep dives on when you're best, you know, you're not ruling out getting up early. Somebody in your shoes probably wouldn't have been able to do that through like say the last three years with right. a kid who's <laughs> the little now three, right. And, <laughs> right, right. Uh, so, so they wouldn't have been able to do that, but now they possibly could. I don't want to rule that out as an option for them, but for you, you've decided that's not who you are or what you do or how you work best. You're better off not going that route, but it's still something that's an option for somebody. So yeah. And it's worth noting that it kind of in my past life before I had this meditation business, which again, I really want to accentuate was very intentionally created as far as like what I would be doing with my time. So before I had that and in kind of those biz women rock years, that was more of a, you know, as a business coach and strategist had masterminds, I absolutely subscribed to that hustle mentality, which was I, you know, and I had one daughter at the time. And so I was still definitely that working mom. And I was still organizing and prioritizing and batching my days. And, but I was definitely like felt in a lot more of a hustle and a movement. And I have to get up at 5 a.m. before she gets up at seven o'clock so that I could get that day's work done and get it started. And I just, I burnt out of that very, very easily. And it's not that it's wrong, but for me, it didn't feel good. And so I knew in creating this new business model, this new lifestyle, the lifestyle and my values really had to lead and show themselves on my calendar. Mm -hmm. And and that's what shines through in in that outlining of the, you know that typical day and typical week is you've done all that pre-thinking you've uh, yeah. and, and that the pre-thinking isn't necessarily based off you just doing the homework of thinking about it it's lived experience that's yeah. that you're bringing to the table to shape your decisions and your your decision making yeah. process so yeah very cool i wanted to go through that and say okay this is what it looks like if things are quote normal but like <laughs> 
we all what does know, it look like when life goes sideways? Yeah, yeah exactly. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, you know. So, Which it always does, right? Exactly. I'm assuming, though, that then you also have built-in or, you know, plan B type flexibilities. Yes. To make sure work gets done, but also whatever the emergency, you know, air quotes, can be handled without being too stressful, I hope. Right. Yeah, there's a couple of actually really important components that I have going on in my life right now that are exactly that. So number one is that my I'm very, very lucky that my in-laws live about 45 minutes away from us. And it, it's been our um, norm over the past couple of years, ever since they've moved here, is that we go up there and basically have all like a Saturday family day, like, you know, big fat Greek family day. Um, and then our, our little ones have like a sleepover there. My in-laws love it. My kids love it. And then Chris and I primarily, number one important is that we we get this like 24 hour date just to like, you know, look each other in the eyes, actually reconnect and spend some quality time together. We are 99% of the time making sure to go out on walks in nature. That's a very big deal for us. And those moments, those weekend time chunks have, have given me a lot of like free space and energy to like push through whatever sort of, you know, extra work I need to do or like if things go sideways during the week, I know that I can rely on X amount of time that I have on the weekends that are going to be kid free, that I know that I could just dive into stuff without interruption. So that's one big component. And then another component is that as my network has grown, my team has grown. And so, you know, case in point, this last November, we were just like a sick germy household. Like, you know, one kid got sinus infection, then the next kid got it. Mommy ended up getting it. Like it just went around. So, you know, my normal sort of quote unquote productive cycle or flow of cycle was definitely thrown off. And so I definitely in those moments had to do, you know, my number one priority there is getting my kids healthy and then getting myself healthy. And so, and I can't do that work if those things are not taken care of. And so it was definitely like, a resurgence into, you know, delegating even more, trying to get ahead of the game, trying to get that person to help out here, extend a few deadlines, make sure I'm doing like bare minimum type stuff. And I'm very consistently asking myself this question or sort of incorporating this mantra in my life, which is how can this be easy? How can this be easy? How can this be easy? So anytime I find myself stressing with this pile of work that, you know, feels insurmountable mostly, you know, in the work area that I'm constantly asking myself, like, how can this be easy? How can this be easy? And and a lot of those other components end up helping out. Sometimes it's asking my husband to be like, hey, I need you to be in charge of bedtime. I need to go away for a few hours before the kids, you know, go to bed and I need to go right. So um, sometimes it is asking for those those extra time slots. But yeah, those have been huge for me to be able to continue with the momentum and continue with growth and and really continue with, I believe, a foundational mindset that I have that's pretty powerful for me, which is just because I am a mom of young kids, I do not have to put the brakes on my business. I can actually accelerate my business and be a super present mom, totally involved and put all the time and energy into all of these things that I value and they can all really thrive. Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people 
people, or at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I hear you talking about sickness, and that is definitely one of the things that throws a wrench, in, especially now when, you know, any sickness looks like every other sickness. Right. You can read into that what you will. I won't spend time on that. But parents, you you listening and you know what we mean. And uh, ultimately, though, it saps your energy. One, if you have the sickness or two, if you're dealing with somebody else that has the sickness. I right. wonder if you could speak to that in terms of what's the way that you address energy in terms of, I mean, obviously, you've already spelled it out and hinted at it a little bit in terms of, you know, past this point in time, I, I either will go back and do something. The way that you have your days ordered, in other words, and scheduled, right. you're not burning out but you're then pausing and or stopping for the day to be smart and and rest and actually take care of yourself. But what is maybe your macro level thinking in terms of energy overall? That's a great question. I learned long ago and continue to sort of hone this skill in as I evolve that I can be as optimal as I can possibly dream up if I am willing to match energy to action, if I'm willing to match energy to tasks, to pieces of my life that are important. Meaning, and I'll just give a very practical example of this, you know, Mondays for me, if I were to say, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to write and all day on Mondays, I'm going to have Monday be like a writing day. And I'm just going to like bang through a bunch of writing. Well, Mondays come and I, it took me one or two times of this to, to realize this. I'm not in writing mode. Writing mode is a very creative. It feels very slow. It feels like this sometimes very painful energy of like, you know, grasping these words and creating these little poems of meditations for myself. So it's a very different energy than literally like checking things off of a list and feeling very productive and like do, 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 do these more like right brained activities, right? My Mondays feel like I want to get those things done. I want to boom, 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 boom. That's the energy I'm in. That's the attitude that I have. That's the mindset I'm in. And so when I say matching activity with energy, that's what I mean, which is I'm sort of like pre-planning a week at a time, knowing where I think my energy is typically going to be, right? So because as we all know, like when you're in the energy of creation, for example, like you can, this is where batching comes in. You can, you can create a lot because you're like in the energy, right? So Eric, I would assume that when you have these conversations and you set up times for people to, to have these, I would imagine a very wise thing that you do is you sort of batch those conversations, right? Like you have maybe one after the other, or maybe that day or these two days a week are meant for these conversations for the podcast because you're already in that energy. And so it's sort of like aliven that energy and they actually like help support one another. And so that's where you can actually be incredibly productive. So I'm veering off here, but basically I I'm, do my best to like match up that energy with the activities that I need to do over the week, right? Now, when sickness comes in and energy shifted and, you know, even though I want to be productive on a Monday, but my kid's home with me because she's got a sinus infection, then I just do my best. And, and this is something I have had to learn the hard way 
is to just let go of my expectations, like completely let go. Uh, One of my girlfriends has this great saying. She says, I hold my plans in an open palm. So I'm very aware of what my plans are, but I want to hold them in an open palm because when I grasp on and I'm really attached to how they're supposed to go, then everything unravels because they never go that way, right? Or rarely, or or it's very likely that they're not going to go the way that you want. So, you know, it, it then it becomes like this matter of like surrendering to the flow surre- and, and coming inside. I'll, I'll speak to myself sort of, you know, if I could put a process on this, what I end up doing is I kind of have a check-in with myself and I say, okay, kids home with me, kids sick. I actually feel like energetic. And I know that my kid needs my energy. How can I manage that? What I immediately go to like, what are the bare bones things I have to get done today? And how can I make sure to get those done? Can I do those during nap time? Can I just be okay with her watching a movie right now while I go do that? You know, what is the bare bones that I need to get done? And then it's sort of this mental game that I play saying, okay, I'm going to shift this energy for finishing all these other things to another day when I think that either she'll be back in school or, you know, now I, you know, need to be able to leave at night time to go do this A, B, and C. So, you know, that really like 30,000 foot view is is definitely like constantly making sure I'm doing my best at matching those energies with the activities, even when they change. And I think what you're doing here with that planning ahead mentality, it comes to mind that as you, you were talking about this earlier in terms of matching uh, activity to energy, that you have these phases of activity where it's this is kind of a recording week this is kind of a writing week and maybe you have a week where it's a week the kid's sick and you weren't planning on it and you then say okay well so i'm going to shift the next week or i'm going to you know maybe i will get ahead on writing this week because that's something i actually can do in the midst of you know in in an interval kind of time while i i set them up with something and they're good and they're watching a movie or you know whatever and again here's the thing there is no silver bullet here This is a flexible to what meets your family's needs, whatever your family context is. Exactly. It's weird. The older I get and the more I, I guess, become aligned with like how I work and and constantly wanting to work better and more efficiently and more effectively, the more I'm willing to not be astringent with the organization of it all. Like I have kind of this overriding structure that I believe works well for me. I'm constantly tweaking it, trying to make it better. Like I just trust. I literally say this to myself every single month because every single month's batch of content writing and content, you know, recording is intense. And as the network grows, I'm writing more and more. And like I, I have felt myself come up and bump up uh, against that upper limit of what's of like time, right? And um, and then shifted, expanded it, bump up against it. So every single month, I find myself saying, "It's all going to get done. It always does. There's always room for the important things. It's all going to get done. It always does. There's always time for the most important things." And I constantly have to tell myself that. So it's it's a, actually sounds like a very counterproductive thing, but what I'm doing is actually not worrying about the structure and the organization of, you know, how things are going to get done. Yeah, it's it's seasonal on a micro level. Mm-hmm. Circumstances shift, energy shifts, the way that you view things shift. It's like the whole work-life balance thing. People think, oh, well, that means everything's always in perfect balance. No, your no. <laughs> weight, as you're balancing, your weight shifts from yeah. one side to the other and so on. And so don't feel like things are out of whack when things shift. It's normal. Right. right. Yeah. I 
watched Oprah many, many years ago kind of explain her theory on exactly that. And she said, if you, you know, work-life quote-unquote balance is actually like a BOSU ball. You know, those like half balls that you work out on where like one level is flat and that's the level you're standing on. And then underneath is, you know, that half sphere. She said, you're constantly, I mean, you're staying up on the thing. That's the goal, right? But you're constantly like shifting one hip to the left, one hip to the right, moving your hands out. Like, you know, time and energy isn't ever balanced 100% on all on all accounts. Like it's constantly leaning into one area or the next. And another very practical example of this is that, and this comes from the vantage point of like mom and quality time with my girls. So, you know, as we speak right now, in about two weeks, we're leaving to go see my family for the holidays in Arizona. We're in Florida. And so, you know, my business mind is like, okay, we've got two weeks. We're on a two week countdown. What do I need to get done? I mean, I'm in planning for stuff to go live in January right now. So I understand seasonally that if I need to work more at this moment, that's okay. Like if I need to get myself some extra hours to work, I immediately have that like gut kind of check, which is like, oh, I don't want to not pick up my girls after school. I don't want to, I don't want to like spend, you know, a couple nights a week away, like writing and doing all this stuff. Like I have that gut check, but what I remind myself is like, this is a season. This is short term. As soon as we get to Arizona, like it is family time, a hundred percent. So like, it's okay. So there's that constant quote unquote balancing on that BOSU ball, which is like, this is the season for more of this and less of this. This is a season for less of this and more of this. So yeah, it's, it's a constant tuning in to those priorities and to the values and, you know, where life is, where business is, where family is at, at any particular moment. I assume then that one of the things, obviously, your experience, your working through this and having just continually living through this in terms of life and family and business has brought all that, that experience to bear on your perspective. But one other thing that then helps with your perspective is you're creating all this content that has to do with this subject <laughs> of meditation that then helps you to be better at all of that stuff. And and I know that's not the – we're going to get into like what meditation is, how it helps, all that kind of good stuff. But – I don't want to come at meditation and say, hey, meditation makes you better at doing all this stuff. Instead, it actually almost does the – well, I don't want to say opposite. It, actually, I am going to say that. It almost is the opposite. It's almost not supposed to be the thing – this is my perspective. It almost <laughs> is not meant to be the thing that then makes you better at doing all the things. It's actually the opposite. It's almost – no, it's you being you and being still – and anyway, I'm butchering this. I want to let you talk, <laughs> but I, I just want to, I, I, in other words, I don't want, to, what I didn't want to do is set up meditation as this ultimate like hustle hack. It's not. No. So I mean, there you it, go. I mean, it, it can, you can use it intentionally sure. for productivity. Absolutely. But I mean, just to, you know, just to sort of like come back to that. My life, the way it's lived and, you know, kind of the 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 motion in which it happens gives me tons of content. <laughs> I mean, most of the med most of the meditations I'm writing are literally for me. It is something I am experiencing in that moment. So it's like, I, you know, I'm about to write a meditation called when your kids will not go to bed and you're fried. I mean, like if you look back on the titles of my meditations on any of my shows, you will probably see like what has been going on in my life. So it is it is exactly this. It's it's the juice of 
managing priorities, feeling burnt out at times, wanting to make sure that you're living purposefully and yet needing to take care of the day to day. Like it's all of those things. So, so yes, the irony is that I myself have to remind myself actually to, to meditate myself instead of, cause creating meditations, writing meditations is a very different thing than actually meditating itself. Right. And, and doing a guided meditation and the, the kind of funny story is that I am not, I don't consider myself a meditation expert by any stretch of the imagination. I don't have a degree. I don't have certificates from any particular, you know, school of meditation. I feel like I'm very well versed in a lot of different schools of meditation. That being said, I'm just a consumer of meditation. I'm a practitioner. I have been a practitioner. I'm, I'm almost 43 years old. I've been a practitioner since I was. God, I think I was 18 or 19 the first time like I officially did a meditation. I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. <laughs> and so, you know, from that vantage point, I myself have to come to the space of this life that I've created and all of these things that I'm constantly managing on a daily basis and have to remind myself like, okay, Katie, like I'm feeling stressed out. You need to go meditate. Like today was actually a really perfect example. I ended up staying up really late last night, like probably, you know, one o'clock in the morning working and just like doing stuff that needed to get done. I felt really good. I don't normally do that. And it felt really, really good. Well, guess what happened today? And I had, you know, as wise as I am in this space, I still had all these really big expectations for what I quote unquote should do today. And guess what? I sat down, I started writing, I wrote one meditation and then I was like putting myself to sleep. I have a sleep meditation for women podcast and I was writing those episodes and I was like falling asleep at the computer. I was like, this is a really good one if it's putting me to sleep. (laughs) So my point is, is that I was exhausted because, you know, I was up at five or six in the morning, you know, getting the kids ready for school. So the point is, is that like I I let myself rest today. Like I, I, I let myself be, quote unquote, nonproductive. And I have discovered just by experience and definitely the hard way, because I'm not I'm not one who who automatically does this, but I have discovered like, oh, I need to rest. Rest is actually a part of productivity. Rest will allow me to sort of have a new phase of energy. And included in that rest, I think that meditation or the the time to be quiet, the time to be still, the time to reflect, the time to just, quote unquote, not do anything, I would put in that category, this kind of one-on-one time with yourself, whether it's a guided meditation you're listening to, or whether it's, you know, just quiet time or having music in the background or whatever it is, I put that in that same pool of sort of slowing down time or rest time. And that actually helps you speed back up, right? Slow down to speed up, slow down so that you could speed up. It seems like that's almost a theme here in across this entire conversation in, in some ways is yeah. slowing down to speed up. I wonder if, I mean, obviously you've got resources, you've got podcasts that I, and again, we will link up to all of those in the show notes. Obviously people can, we, you know, we can say it literally right here. Hey, if you want to check out some meditations that will fit where you are, you can easily go check all of those out and we'll list those. But I think some people will say, yeah, but I still don't even have time for that. What do you say to people? I am sure you get that uh, or or variations of that statement to you all the time. How do you address that? So my favorite term in addressing this is to find and become aware of many moments of mindfulness. 
So let me give you examples of what those are. If you feel a little overwhelmed by the idea of, quote unquote, committing to sitting down, pressing play on an episode and having to sit there and just be without, you know, without thinking for, you know, 5, 10, 15 minutes, whatever that is. If that feels overwhelming, what I would recommend where you start is just allowing yourself to become aware of many moments of mindfulness. So this could be. You know, when you're driving home, you pull up to your you know, garage or pull up to your house and just allowing yourself to kind of sit in the car and take 10 deep breaths. And you'd be actually surprised at how quickly you lose count because your mind is trying to go in all the other places. But if you just stop, take 10 deep conscious breaths, that becomes a mini moment of mindfulness. You know, if you are sitting down to have your coffee in the morning, again, just having a mini moment of mindfulness, becoming aware of the coffee taking a drink, feeling the warmth, kind of, you know, go into your mouth, go down your throat, just becoming like aware of the moment. If you're in the shower, you know, instead of thinking of all the things you need to do for the day or all the things you didn't do yesterday or, you know, just being in the rush, instead, just allow yourself to just breathe and think about, you know, the the shower, the water that's, you know, falling on your skin, the way it feels, the temperature of it, how it's cleaning your body. And just kind of being grateful. And what these many moments of mindfulness really do is they give us practice in slowing down, coming into the moment, getting out of our minds that are always in this, you know, rush of thoughts and and emotion. And that's all normal, by the way. I I will be the last person to tell you that that when you do meditation practice, that you will ne- you won't have thoughts the entire time during your meditation. That's absolutely not true. Your brain's job is to create thoughts. They're going to happen, you know, meditation and these moments of mindfulness, many moments of mindfulness just give you an opportunity to sort of like detach from those thoughts for a little while and come into the present moment. One of the easiest and quickest ways to come into the present moment is through a body awareness. You know, the most popular of those is is breath awareness. And, and it's just really literally like turning your attention on your breath, feeling yourself breathe in, breathe out, feeling that air like coming into your body, going out of your body, feeling the sensations of the cool air on your nose, the warm air as it comes out of your nose. Again, the purpose for doing that, it it doesn't feel very productive. It doesn't feel like, oh, I did this, check, check, check. Now, now I should be feeling this way. It's it's actually the opposite of that. It's It's really just coming into the moment. And when you come into the moment, you are less likely to be entangled in your thoughts and all the to-dos. And it just gives us like mini breath of separation between the thoughts that are constantly going on and this being in this moment and this this presence that you are. And when you start practicing that, you actually start practicing this really amazing and incredibly empowering thing called awareness of separation of thoughts, meaning you are not your thoughts. You are separate from your thoughts. And Meditation becomes a really powerful way to practice that, practice sort of dissolving those thoughts. And even in these moments of mindfulness, you you just start seeing that separation. The power of that separation is understanding that you actually don't need to do what your thoughts are telling you. You actually, this being, this soul called Eric gets to discern for yourself what thoughts you choose to keep and what thoughts you choose to dissolve and let them ride on by like the clouds. And it becomes incredibly empowering. And at the base of all of this, in these many moments of mindfulness, in these practices of meditation, comes this flood of gratitude because 
you know, as you're sitting in the shower or standing in the shower and, you know, having this mini moment of mindfulness, what will naturally come up for you is like, wow, I'm so grateful for this water. There are people in this world who do not take showers every day, aren't able to take showers every day. Wow. I'm really grateful for, you know, my kids laughter that I hear out there because it's not tied up in these thoughts and these emotions and these belief systems that are, you know, all entangled in your mind. It's, it's just there and it's present. So even in these little mini moments of mindfulness, you can really hug intense gratitude and that shapes your day over and over again. So you start doing that, you start flooding in this gratitude, like life changes, like what life looks like and how you're approaching life can change fairly quickly. And then so suddenly that thankfulness, that gratitude is permeating not only those thoughts that come up, but also the way that you're viewing your schedule, your relationships, your obligations, and yeah. allows you. And, and like I said, I think I described it somewhere along the lines of you're in a flexibility or a, a triage hour to hour kind of a mindset. <laughs> that almost makes it sound like you are literally under pressure to have to, to decide things quickly at all moments. And Yes, that's true of some moments, but it's not true of all moments. And in fact, it's true of less moments than we think of. And we right. only acknowledge that or can see that if we have those moments of mindfulness and meditation. Yeah. And I think that a very practical example, I wrote a meditation a long time ago. It was one of the first ones I wrote. And I actually should probably redo this one called Mommy Needs a Time Out. Because how many times have we been with our kids and these moments get so escalated. And it, look, it could be for a thousand different reasons. Like the kids aren't going to bed or they're, you know, you're kind of in the rush of dinner and bath and, or, you know, that one is like, you know, sass and back to you or whatever it is. Like these moments where you feel yourself just become so either enraged or frustrated or stressed out. And so, you know, coming into the either a mini moment of mindfulness or an actual, you know, guided meditation if you give yourself a timeout, it just allows you to sort of, again, separate from what is going on and just come inside. And, you know, I guess one thing that I continue to learn, not only for myself as a meditator, but from my listeners who tell me is that the more you practice these many moments of mindfulness, the more you practice meditation, the more the space opens up where you are able to sort of distinguish between the voice, what I call the voice, like this internal intuition, this internal knowing, and the noise. And the noise is all this other stuff out here. It could be, you know, all the to-dos of the day. It could be like what's going on in the world and all, all that stuff. But when you give yourself this tool, you know, practiced stillness, then you can easily, the more you practice, you can easily distinguish like that voice from the noise. And so in in this example of mommy taking a time out, it becomes like very clear, like, okay, I know I'm super stressed. I'm overreacting. I need to calm down. Let me breathe. What does my kid need right now? What do I need right now? How can we resolve this? How can we be peaceful? What is needed? And so you start seeing things very clearly. Stop acting out of ego or reaction and you start acting, taking action from a space of true authentic self. That gets really powerful when you want to talk about how to shape your life. Well, yeah, and and uh, the the practicing of that it's a skill set, it's a muscle kind of mentality, yes. and and so the more you do it, the more you become better at doing it without struggling to get to that place of being able to step into that perspective. In other words, yeah. and yeah. and to be honest, that's that's where I'm at. That's the, I I feel like I've gotten better 
but I'm not like, and I wouldn't claim to be amazing at it, but I am definitely not the person I used to be when it comes to something happens. It's small. It ticks me off and the anger just flares. And it's only through having spent time in those moments and practicing and putting up systems and things that, you know, and saying no and having boundaries and all of that. But then alongside of that, it's almost like meditation's the soul and productivity, the structures and plans and all those kinds of things and, and doing them the right way and doing them properly for me is like the body. Yes. Yes. I'm so glad you said that and 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 gave that metaphor for it because, you know, really what this all comes down to for me, if we want to put this into the practicalities of productivity and organizing your life in a way that allows you to be optimal in all the areas of your life that are important to you, you know, getting the things done, being quote unquote successful. In my humble opinion, it all comes from inside. Now, I'm going to say this very loosely. Meditation is one of the many tools that you can use to listen to that voice. You know, my husband is not the type of meditator I am. He's outside. He's on walks in nature. That is his mode of meditation. That's a very valid mode of meditation. There are people who listen to music and that's like their meditation. There are people who, you know, just, I don't know, exercise and that's their mode of meditation. So I say this because, Eric, just like you alluded to, it is a practice. And the more and more you practice sort of getting in tune with self and you do that by creating space, practicing this art of finding stillness. You hear that voice, that voice of your true self louder and louder. And that voice is actually the one that tells you, this is what I need to do to have boundaries. This is what I need to do to get the things done that are important to me. This is what I need to do to be flexible. So, you know, when I said earlier that like, oh, I don't get too caught up in like the crazy organization of how I'm going to do everything. This is really the reason why, because I have so much trust and faith in my internal voice that basically tells me what to do in any given moment. And I'm I'm very conscious of listening to her. I don't always, I, I absolutely, you know, make some bad choices sometimes um, or choices that just don't turn out to be, you know, weren't like soul led, if you will. But, but it is a muscle, you know, we have to keep on practicing and like, hey, I think this is the right answer. I, I think this is the right thing to do. Let me try that. And the more that you practice listening to that voice, and therefore embody those quote unquote, you know, structures of productivity, of doing the things that are important to you, the more faith you have in that voice and the the more willing you are to trust her or him and therefore keep moving along in the way that best suits you. And so you know that equation that works best for your life. So for example, mine is like kind of an underlying structure of how I want how I get things done. But then there's a lot of like gray area. There's a lot of room for flexibility. That works for me in this particular season of my life. It didn't work for me five years ago. And I'm sure I'll be different five years from now. So as you alluded to, it's really just the willingness to practice, the willingness to to strengthen that muscle and to keep on listening so that you're really creating your life from the inside out. Yeah. Uh, I don't really want to belabor the point. I, I really think people ought to, if they have tried it, try it again because a lot of people they'll try something and then they'll give up. I really think this is one of those key things that people need to give it unlimited chances because and I love the fact that you were listing off all these other various forms that can be meditation for people who can't sit still on a pillow like, you know, standard, you know, stereotype of yeah. just sit there and and put your fingers together and hold them up and that's not it. I mean, well, it no. can be. It can be. It, can but be. it doesn't have to be. 
It's not what it looks like for me. And and I, ju- I want to make sure to break the wall here. Like I am not a daily meditator. I don't meditate with, you know, incense burning and my legs crossed and my fingers touching. Like that is not what my meditation looks like. So my meditation practice varies and depending on what I need and, you know, it can for you too. So it, it's just the matter of desiring an opportunity to practice that stillness. And again, so I want to give the other option, we've mentioned it a few times, is definitely to go and check out all the different varieties of things that you have going on in terms of your shows and more coming. I cannot believe that you've you've got as many as you've got and you're cranking as much as you are and you're adding to it. So... Yeah, I, you know, it, it's so funny, you know, in the, in the larger conversation of sort of this working mother or working parent and really wanting to shatter the boundaries of what people think is possible there. Most importantly, my own expectations and my own limiting beliefs is what's possible. Like I'm constantly trying to push up against that and say like, no, I want to grow. Right now I'm four shows. Over the next couple of weeks, I'm launching two more shows. In the new year, I'm launching two more shows. So like, okay, how can I go from a network of four shows to, you know, eight shows and 10 shows and maybe 20 shows and still sort of work a 30 hour week, which is about what I do now. Like, how is that possible? That's always a question. How is that possible? And again, coming into that stillness oftentimes gives me those answers. I think if somebody asks, how do you maintain the same work hours, but get more done? I think there's a show for people to listen to about that. It's called, <laughs> it's called Beyond the To-Do List. Beyond, and- <laughs> all of your answers are here. The very practical stuff. Yes. Very practical. Cause that's where, that's where the rubber meets the road, right? Like it's definitely this mentality. It's definitely listening to your inner intuition to tell you what to do, but it then becomes the real practical answers of, you know, hiring the team and delegating and and thinking big and making efficient choices and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, there is a library of all of those answers here for you. <laughs> yes. Well, and and so in, in that mode, where can people go to find your library of podcasts? Yeah. So whatever podcast player you're listening to now, just go type in Meditation for Women and all four shows will come up. Meditation for Women, which is the original, which sort of has like like the buffet of all the different types that I have. And then I have sleep meditation for women. I have morning meditation for women. And then I have sleep sounds. So any one of those, all of those, you're welcome to listen. They're all for free on your podcast player. Awesome. That is awesome. I am so excited to one, share this with people and two, point people over there and and I think even install a podcast player on my wife's phone at this point. (laughs) Uh, So Katie, it's been awesome talking with you. We will definitely have you back on in the future, but for now, we will point everybody over to where you just suggested and it's listed all in the show notes. Go check it out. Thank you so much for talking with me. Eric, thank you so much. It has been such a pleasure. I really, really appreciate it. Well, that's another podcast crossed off your listening to-do list. I hope that you enjoyed listening in on this conversation with Katie. I know that I was really thrilled to have a conversation with her finally. And I hope that you're walking away with a little bit more of a perspective on productivity and meditation Not only that, but I really hope that you got something out of this that is applicable to yourself in terms of doing the homework, bringing bare your experience and expertise that you already have to planning your life out better and all the different things that have to be shuffled because there's so many hats to wear. If you found this conversation helpful, I would love for you to do me the favor of sharing it with somebody you know needs to hear it. 
You can do that very easily by just hitting the share button on the podcast player app of choice or go to the show notes for this episode at beyondthetodolist.com. Hit share from there. And I just want to say thank you so much if you just shared the show. That is so helpful. I appreciate everybody who lets me know that they've done that. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for listening. And I will see you next episode.